Welcome to Pockets Full of Soup, the storytelling show. I'm your host, Greg Miller, alongside Jared, Jared Petty. Petty, the Reverend Jared oh, Petty. You I gave me that nickname. I know, a long, long time ago. Here we are, Jared. It's episode 50. It is episode 50. How did we get here? Uh, you did a whole bunch of episodes that I was, weren't on. Uh, I actually, on. You, you were on, on two. two of those. On you were on two of, two of those episodes. Right. That's right. Yeah, Not yeah. just one, but two. Now a third one. I'm so excited to be here. That's interesting to think about it, Wonder, because you figure, so hold on. 50 episodes, right? Yeah, 50 So episodes. now I've been on, uh, well, this is now my third. This is your third episode. You right. figure you had Colin on once. Yep. Nick on once. Yep. Tim on once. Yep. Have you done Kevin? Nope. I've invited Kevin many times. Can't get him to come on the show. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's, he's all like, I want to go, but I don't know what to do, but I know I do. But so six out of 50 ain't bad. Yeah, ain't not bad, for not bad at all. And on top of that, we've also had, you know, in addition to the 50 episodes here, we've had pretty good day episodes, which yeah. are these kind of. Uh, it, intermission episodes we do sure. and we've done a bunch of patreon exclusive stuff i think we're actually well over 80 now uh so it's it's Damn. pretty exciting well i'm gonna I count it as 50 now. yeah we're gonna do that totally but this well this is the 50th and it's the final episode of the first season so what does that mean okay so that means that we've been doing this for about a year it was about a year ago that you and colin and tim and and nick and and other friends uh, folks over at the comedy button sure. like max and brian and ryan and and and, and scott and, and anthony everybody gave me this incredible start and said, hey, we're going to help you do this thing you love sure. and get it out there so the people here, because I would, you know, maybe still be doing the show, but nobody would ever heard of it without y'all's help. And uh, <laughs> so uh, that happened and it was a beautiful launch. This has become an extraordinary joy in my life. It's a lot of work. Pockets? Uh, yeah. yeah. Just pocket. podcasting with friends and people? Podcasting with friends and people is always a joy. I mean, yeah. I remember the very first time you guys had me on Beyond back in the day. Sure. And you called me the Wiki Wonder Kid. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. It was very kind of you. Um it was before the Reverend. Yeah, anyway, before I knew anything uh, about you. Before yeah. I knew that you're the most interesting man in the world. That's completely untrue. Bullshit. Every time you have a story, I can be like, oh man, that's a cool box over there. You're like, let me tell you about the time my father was well, trapped in a box factory and had to eat his way out. Well, he wasn't trapped in a box factory, but go. it was sprayed in borax in a in a uh, in a towel factory. That happened. See, this is the thing I've never liked about Pockets Full of Soup. You make it about other people all the time. Okay. I feel like there needs to be a Jared Petty podcast <laughs> where people just talk to Jared Petty and Jared Petty tells stories. That's very kind of you. Uh, oh, thank you. I, I, like you're an ocean of secrets. You have a story for everything. I right? don't have a story for everything. I, I just love storytelling. I love collecting them. Uh, I, I love the joy of storytelling. I, I grew up on Gene Shepard and Garrison Keillor, much better storytellers than I could ever hope to be. Okay. Um, I want to be that. And yes, we are going to do other shows um, on Pockets Full of Soup. Okay, Pockets Full of Soup is not going away. It's a brand. Yeah. It, it, wow. I... I mean, the brand that is pockets full. If of it is a brand, you know, then I am, I am, I am the heifer, and it is oh, burnt wow. on my hip. Right, you know, we use that term brand all the time. You think about what that means? Yeah, no, you know, I didn't tell you. I'm no, thinking like brand, like craft, but well, no, that, that, that's, like that's brand, what a brand I mean, is. That's what a brand is. That's where we get the word. It's like yeah, no, that's a good point. Well, Jared, this is episode fifty. Fifty. This is the Holy first time you let somebody else host your show for you. And Nobody else. You only who else could it be? Thank you so much for this honor. You yeah, you were Alex Trebek. I'm Alex Trebek. You or Alex Trebek. Oh, or Alex Trebek. Yeah, that would have been, been fine. That would have been fair. Yeah. I don't know how his podcast game would be. Alex He's Trebek? He's good at the question, the, you know, you know reading He'd have little cards. He'd just be like, you he would just you read would, off of You don't know if he would. I got paper. It's close enough. That's a good point. You do have paper there. I want to thank you for the honor of being your host. Aww. To being the man to interview you, Jared Petty. I, okay, that makes me, now I'm just really embarrassed. I, I, You have been kind to me from... Long before the day you dump chips on my head. Sure, sure. Yeah, it's been it's been good. Well, you deserve it. You're yeah. a great human being. Too sweet. You're to a great me. man. Okay, want, well, I'm glad you're here, and I'm glad you're. I I feel so. To be honest with you, I'm just like I'm a little nervous because I get you know I get to sit here and and be the guest, and it kind of funny. I I kind of funny. I know. Ah. Yeah, that was part of the name. That was yeah. part of the reason we did it. I love attention. 
Do you? Re- oh, gosh, yes. I love attention. But I also get bashful and cheapish. It's yeah. definitely in there. But yeah, I love attention. My whole sense of self-worth is tied up in what people think of me. Yeah. I, I have. I don't have an iota of real confidence. No. No, absolutely. You deserve to have so much, though. You do I, a great show. You're really fascinating. You got well, great stories. You're a good storyteller. See, story this, is how, this is how I thrive. You say things like that. Well, I, I don't think better. people tell you it enough, then. That's the problem. <laughs> you know what I mean? I hear it a lot. I don't know. People are, <laughs> No, gosh, no, that's not a terrible listen. I hear it a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just people are raining <laughs> praise on you at all times. Yes, that's what happened. Uh, I want to thank you for not losing your mind when we lost the original episode 50 of Pockets <laughs> Full Soon. You made the most generous offer around that. And we do have the audio still. And sure. I, th- I think that's something I am going to put on Patreon probably. That, I think that's going to be good, the good, lost good, episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is, uh, we'll so yeah, to bring you up to speed, we've recorded episode 50 before. How many months ago? Now? That was a long time. Long enough that I don't remember any of the questions. Yeah, good, yeah. I'm not I've telling reformatted. the same story. Exactly. Telling a different You're, story this time. It was a traditional kind of funny thing that we recorded it and we had it and we had it backed up and we had it on the card still and then we cleared the card as you normally do around here yep. and then by mistake the backup got cleared as well because it had been here so long yeah you just didn't come back for it ever that was i was a bad person for not coming back for I, the story that no one knows about it is it's the closest i've come to losing it at a kind of funny we're like just being like oh like overly dramatic and over the top and it was just like we had been working all day we had done all of our shows oh. we went off and saw wonder when we came back and did one of the reacts here and we finished the react and like literally like we finished it. it was like all right that was great and we stood up and it was me nick hunter and alexis okay and i stood up Good and people and, oh great well, amazing people and kevin's like uh greg did you ever back up the pockets of soup like literally as we stand up and i was like uh yeah i did on the machine he's like did you back it up on your computer i'm like no he's like I think I think it's gone. I think it's and I and I was like, all right, all right. And, and finally Nick was like, why don't we talk about this later or whatever? And like, but then like you know people stuck around and we're hanging out. And I walked over there. I'm like, so what? And like it, it's gone and blah blah. And I had a water glass in my hand. And if we would have been alone, I would have spiked it into the fucking floor and screamed. Oh, like I was because it was it was like the domino of like how tired I was, I'm how much so work. I'm so sad. I well, made your day so bad. It's my fault for it's not, not coming you. to pick it's it up. The, well, it's not even it's not even Kevin's fault. It's nobody's fault. It's just like you know what I mean. Like this happened. It's just Do you want something to spike happened. Your water at me now? Not anymore. No, not at you on the oh, ground. On the oh, ground. Okay. I wanted. So I wanted to shatter that fucking glass and walk out of here. It's your studio. It was, you can do it right well, now. Well, no, because then I got to clean it up. You know what I mean? Well, that's like, what I, Kevin's for. No, yeah, he let him go home. He's already gone. Oh, okay. Yeah, hopefully. But it's like the whole point of just like, it. because it, it's not, I, it's disheartening. Like, you know, a long time ago, not a long time ago, recently, I guess, in the last year, we lost a Pete Hines episode. He oh. came into the games cast. We had this awesome, it was me calling Tim. We did this great games cast with him. <sighs> got up and then there was, a, we noticed that, there, like the video recorded, and it recorded the beginning audio, and then for some reason the audio is just gone. Oh, he's such an articulate, interesting. And dude. so, like, I, I was so devastated to have to call Pete and be like, "Hey, man, this happened." He's like, "I know, nobody. I'll come back tomorrow." And he came back and did a one on one with me, and like that sucked. But it was like okay, but it was our, ours. Like to fuck up your episode fifties, where I was like. You I know what? Uh, it's all right because I'm here now. And honestly, yeah. that day I was sick, and I'm granted I'm rambling all over the place. I'm like I don't know how to talk about what I'm going to talk about. But that's what everyone wants to know. Huh? That's what everyone wants to hear. They want to wow. hear you ramble. They want to see. What they want to hear. Why they're here for you, Jared. They're here Petty. for me. They, they're here for you. Fools. Episode fifty. They finally get to hear <laughs> the question and then the answer. Yeah, I, I'm pretty excited about this. Good. What's then Jared question? Petty. What's the question? Well, it's not even a question. Tell me. It's not it's a, a question. It's, it's, a, it's a demand. I always it is tell a me somebody you're thankful for. All right. So this is, as you've pointed out, my show, mm-hmm. and therefore I have the power to do what I will with the rules. I assert it. You may, you may, you may claim to have that power. Sure, but I'm more powerful, even though you're taller than me. Sure, and I'm scared of you. Right. All right. It's all very so, confusing. Yeah, this is very confusing, and that's because I'm going to break my rule, and I'm going to tell one story 
about three people. Ooh. Because these three people are in my life very tied together. Okay. And I can't tell the story of thanks without talking about all of them. Expound. I will expound. Oh, you remembered. Thank you. I've listened to the show once or twice. Oh, thank you. Oh, expound. I'll do my best. Thank you. This is a story of three friends of mine uh, by the name of Chris Abbott. Okay. Ryan Palmer. Okay. And Erica Martin. Okay. Uh, And these three human beings all entered my life around the same time. Uh, Chris Abbott, IGN guy. Chris Abbott, former former IGN guy. Ryan Palmer, former IGN guy. Okay. Uh, Erica Martin, not former IGN guy. (laughs) But the three of them in my life tied together. Okay. And to understand that story, as you mentioned IGN, we have to go back in time to a time before I was in video games, to a time when I was like, boy, it sure would be fun to do some stuff with video games. So, yeah, Wayne's way to leave. Yeah, I know. Or Mr. Caffeine, yeah. Mr. Caffeine, oh, look at that. Don't do Power that. over time and space. Hero nakamura our way back in time. God, remember how great Heroes was when it started? <sighs> you thought it was going to be perfect, and then yeah. just it just was not. To this day, Company Man, one of the best television episodes ever. Right, yeah, right. Cigar- or not, not Cigarette Smoke Man, the Horn Rim Glasses Jesus, yep. uh, guy episode. One of the best things ever. But. Back in time, long ago, uh, I'm living in Ye Old Nihon. You might have heard, Greg, that I used to live in Japan. I, I have heard of this. Yeah. I, it's one of my favorite stories about you, that you I, were over there. A giant man. Little children were shoving their fingers up your butt. They were. That then, happened. All then, those things happened. Then an earthquake happened, and you ran away when you <laughs> saw the guy wouldn't drink the water. Yeah, like, I love all it. kinds of craziness yeah, going yeah, yeah. on there. But while I was living in Japan, I thought, you know, I sure do love these podcasts that people make. Yeah, people at, uh, at at those networks like the IGN sure. and the OneUp.com of oh, that the day and all those others. Yes, and all those. And I thought, boy, it's fun. Video games are fun. I like playing them. I like writing. I'm going to write about video games for fun. I found this magazine, English language magazine in Nagoya. Okay. I think it's still around, but it has a different name now. And I started writing little articles for them. No way. Uh, yeah, I, I actually, my very first pieces were in print. What were, uh, you, what were you writing about exactly? Uh, let's see. Well, first off, I had heard about this place from uh, some of the one-up guys that they would go to called the 8-Bit Cafe. Okay. Uh, have you ever been to 8-Bit? I haven't it's in been to 8-Bit. Oh, 8-Bit's great. Okay. Uh, it's still open. Um it's this wonderful cafe that the one-up guys I heard about on one of their shows. So I went there and wrote an article about it. I just hung out there one night and, and wrote an article about this video game cafe in Tokyo. And it's all themed after Famicom. And there's okay. these really cool people that own the bar and have been working there forever. And they have the Princess Peach and the Dr. Mario cocktails. And uh, the, Oh, the, the Dr. Mario is great. It comes in like a like a big science beaker. And it's like Dr. Pepper and, and awesome. something else. And it comes with little pills. Is it boozy or is it just like the bar? cafe? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the bar is it's a pure bar. I mean, they serve Izakaya food like most Japanese bars okay, do. Okay. It, but it's uh, it's actually kind of right on the edge of a seedy neighborhood. Um, but it's really clean and bright inside. It's packed with genuinely rare and expensive video game memorabilia. Wow, Signed okay. stuff. Okay. And, it, and it's just all sitting there. And it's it's wonderful. And it only seats like 20 people. And there's just Famicom set up to play games. And, and, and it's delightful and pingy. And there's happy Dragon Quest music playing. And it's really groovy. Have you been I to the Capcom the cafe over there? What's up? Have you been to the Capcom cafe? I don't think I've been to the Capcom one. No. That's when I was there the last time we went to that, where it was like all, you know, Monster Hunter themed everything. And oh, no. I don't think I've been here. And, I mean, Mega Man, everything. Everything Capcom there. Oh, that's lovely. No, yeah. I've never been there. I, there's the Dragon Quest place that you could only enter as parties of four. I don't know if that's still open. <laughs> that's uh, awesome. Yeah, I, I love that. You have to go as a party of four. Well, anyway, all that said, 
Uh, I wrote about that for the yeah. magazine, and then I started writing about arcades okay. and arcade culture. I started writing about thrift store. Is hunting. all this from um, an American and Japan perspective? Is that yeah, what it was? Yeah, because the magazine's for uh, expats. Okay. It's for English-speaking okay. expats okay. for the most part. So it's very much from the American and Japan sure. uh, perspective. And uh, yeah, like uh, like here's how to go to a thrift store, and you know you can spend a hundred bucks on this, or you can just buy all this stuff and yeah. that kind of thing. And I, they were fine. I was learning a little bit about writing. And then and I this was is on top of while you're teaching. Right? This while I'm teaching English. Over there. Okay, yeah. Okay, and okay. I'm also teaching at that point. I'm, I'm doing distance learning, teaching college as well. So I, I kept busy. Um, and so I'm having a good old time. And then when I come back to the States, I'm like, man, this sure is fun. I'm going to do more of this community kind of stuff. I looked at, well, I don't want to tell, the too long, boring version of this. It's but, in your show. Ah, uh, yeah. You're allowed, to, you're allowed to be, this is your 50th episode, you've made it further than most shows do, uh, you can navel gaze as much as you want. To, I, so. I guess I guess I can. Um, while I was in Japan, the now defunct oneupcom yeah. website. Rest in peace. Uh, yeah, rest in peace indeed. Uh, great site. Yeah. Uh, one up uh, picked me up as a freelancer. Fuck you, I hate you. Uh, and they picked me up while I was living there because I wrote this text adventure game. No, it's oh, not the one yeah. you're thinking of. Okay. Uh, it's a different one. I wrote a text adventure game appealing to the vanity of their of their editors and judges. It was nice. part of a contest. Yeah. And so I write this thing and I don't win, but I get noticed. You got you made it the finals, though, didn't you? Huh? You made yeah. it the finals. Uh, well, it's it's very difficult to I don't know how much of this I can talk about. I, I got contacted. But I think it was because I was living in Japan. My guess is it's because I was living in Japan, I wasn't eligible. Right. Uh, because it was win a trip like to E3. That yep. was the that was the thing. So I don't win. Uh, so I'm thinking about all the ones I failed at because this was my dream. You know what I mean? Like, no kidding. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. I applied at EGM all the time. It didn't get anything, obviously, because it was the thing of like, uh, that's what I always tell kids now. If you want to do our jobs, you do them because yeah. it was like, oh, the review crew is looking for somebody. I'll write my first two reviews of all time and send them to them. Did it work? Than, no, God, no. I didn't get a contact on that one. And then it was when they did the one that, that Jen Frank won of, yeah, come to E3 and be a guest editor. I remember going so hard at that and she got it. And I was like, oh. And then sure enough, it like totally opened doors for her. And she ended up working in the industry and doing all this different stuff, working at uh, EGM slash one up. Oh, that was kind of the, the hope. I, ha I had seen yeah. that gateway work oh, yeah. for a couple of people. And I'm like, well, this, I'm, why not? I didn't really think I could do it. Sure. But I wrote writing a text adventure game, no small feat, even if it's small, it takes a while. Yeah. And so uh, my wife was extremely supportive. She's like, you love this. Why not? And I, I worked a lot, but I didn't work. I had plenty of spare time. And yeah. so I was like, let's do this. So I just crunched for a few weeks and I, and I did it and got it out the door. They thought it was funny. I thought it was funny. Yeah. And I, it was I, about them. You said it was about, about them. About yeah. It yeah. was about going to, it was about going to E3 with them. Yeah. Uh, and it was like a, a this kind of silly mystery game. Um, and unfortunately, this one's lost. The second one I have, but the first one is lost. So I'll get to the second one. So I send this off to them and some people liked it. Yeah. They got tickled by it. And Mike Nelson uh, from One Up yeah. wrote to me and I was like, this is great. You want to write for me? So he picked me up as a freelancer, nice. writing guides originally. Yeah. Uh, the gateway, that's that's the foot in the door, That's man. the foot in the door, man, yeah. is guide writing. Yeah. Um, if you if you are if you can do it articulately and determinedly, there's there's generally still work there to be found. Um so you not a go to IGN and just be on the wikis, right? So like they, they notice when, they, hey, you've made 14,000 edits. Yeah. They definitely see things. They yeah. keep a close eye on it. Or, you know, again, I don't want to speak too insightfully on that. But, but, well, no, the same people are still I largely in charge. They're, they're, they're doing a good job. Um, that said, so I got picked up. I start writing freelance stuff. And that goes from one up to GameSpy to IGN. Yeah. Through there. 
and I've moved back to the States. And Where are you living? I moved to North, well, started in Kentucky. And around the time I moved to Kentucky to around IGN, things dry up. Uh, there's a lot of reasons for that. That's a lot of inside baseball stuff there, but wasn't getting as many writing opportunities for a while. And so I'm like, man, they come up every now and then, but not as much as I liked. And I'm like, wow, I really just need another shot in the arm because a lot of my contacts from IGN or from, from the one up games by days sure. are going to be there anymore. And so I pulled the same trick twice. I wrote another text adventure game for yeah. IGN's when a trip to E3 concert sure. uh, or a contest. And once again, gets noticed. And once again, I don't win. But they liked it, so they sent me anyway. So along with the two winners, yeah. I go. I don't know these guys. So that's the setup. Long setup there. Hope you'll forgive that's me. Good. And I'm going to what Los What year is this? This is 2012. I'm headed to Los Angeles, California. Sunny California. Sunny California. Wow, was that 2012? La La Land. Oh my gosh, was that really 2012? That's so weird. Yeah. So well, it's weird because 2012 still, when you say it, sounds like oh that was recent. I know, and like it does. no, that was no, five, that was more than five, really years long ago time ago. So to Los Angeles, where I meet IGN community manager Eric Sapp, mm -hmm. uh, who's now an artist. Actually, he was always an artist, but now he's an artist at IGN. But at the time, he was a community manager, who's one of the most pleasant human beings. If you ever get a chance to meet Eric, he's great he's dude. just jovial, great he's, dude, yeah. great beard. Great, fantastic beard. Yeah. And he's kind of like, he's like what I imagine Santa Claus is really like. Like, he's okay. not round and rotund. He's actually quite thin. But he's just so full of pragmatic optimism. I feel mm. like if, if, when Eric dies, he's going to be like an angel that appears in television episodes to help people in their moments of need. Sure. Sure. Like, okay, I can see that. kind of dude he is. Sure. The glasses, um, the beard, the angel wings. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe not the wings, but the rest of it. More okay. like the Michael Landon angel. Like, wow, mm. I'm old. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Not the touch by an angel angel, because on touch by an angel, they would always have this little light come down and be like, I'm an angel sent by God. And then it's like, well, why did you just tell me this 40 minutes ago? Yeah. That would have been helpful. Because there yeah. wouldn't have been a television the show's episode. boring if it's yeah, just that. Yeah. Wow. That was the worst hey, thing I've ever said. Don't worry. Touched like, by an angel references. That's what the kids <laughs> love on YouTube that's these days. That's what they're here for. Oh, forgive me for that. Where was I? So yeah, travel to Los Angeles and I've never even been to LA before. Yeah. So it's just there and it's wonderful and it's E3. And if you've never been to the Electronic Entertainment Expo, good Lord, it's a big old thing. There's a lot of stuff going on. It's huge mungus. Yeah. And there's lots of stuff and it wasn't open at that time. And so it's just, but, and that's where... I meet the other two contest winners who you might remember from 20 minutes ago. <laughs> Guys named Chris Abbott and Ryan Palmer. So let's talk about Chris Abbott and Ryan Palmer. Let's, do, let's talk about him. Chris Abbott, Massachusetts boy. Uh, young Chris is robust. Chris Abbott is the kind of guy that says what he's thinking before he has a chance to think it. Sure. It just comes out. And it comes out unfiltered and delightful and generally speaking, full of this kind of like, like self-deprecating wit. Chris is a funny dude. He can be terrifyingly offensive when, when he wants to. But he is likewise one of the warmest, truest, kindest human beings I've ever had an opportunity to get to know. And while there are moments where you're staring at Chris going, what is wrong with you? <laughs> like with all the greats. With all the greats. Deep, deep inside, and most of the time on the outside, he's just a 
big old ball of goodness. Yeah. Friendly dude. Uh, skilled writer. Uh, great with community. Uh, just, just a wonderful guy. Number two, Ryan Palmer. Ryan Palmer is Jeff Goldblum at 24. Wow, okay. These are bold claims. He looks like Jeff Goldblum. Okay. And he gets tired of hearing this, I think. Texan. But not your hee-haw kind of Texan because Texas, I know this is going to surprise you, a big place. Big place. Full Texas of is huge. Many diverse people that generally aren't stereotypical uh, Yosemite Sam parodies. Yes. <laughs> Texas, fantastic place. Love at Texas. least in the major cities. You know, no, outside too, honestly. I, I, I dig Texas. Texas is um, nice. But uh, Ryan Palmer, chill. Calm, reserved, zen. Okay, okay. That man gives a vibe of having it together and a vibe of starring in Jurassic Park in the sequel to Lost World. Wow, okay. He's just so Jeff Goldblum. It's amazing. But that's not the right time period for Goldblum, right? At 20. No, he's no, it's like it's like him when he was young. It's like it's like pre big chill Jeff Goldblum. Oh, that's what he wow. Like. Yeah. Jeez, yeah, like, we're going way back. Yeah, like he looks really, really like. So that's Ryan Palmer. Okay. Chris Abbott. Meet these guys. Meet Chris first out on a square, hot day in Los Angeles. Instantly hit it off. Yeah. Meet Palmer, lay back, and the three of us. None of us have ever worked in the industry for real uh, outside of you know some freelance stuff. Sure. I, of the three of them, I think at that point I was the most experienced. And I'm older, maybe that makes sense. But we're all just like, wow, it's E3. We it's finally so made it. Amazing. And we just hit it off. I think it was our first night there. It was late. We're at a hotel in Koreatown. Um, Eric, who was kind of babysitting us, just dropped us off. We're going to take a taxi into town the next day. Pre what? Yeah, I was going to say, where are we at in the E3 week? We are, are at the very beginning. So getting ready, the floor is getting ready to open up. I think okay, it's Monday so this night. Is Monday night, you Monday guys night. are at Koreatown. We're at, okay, we're at Koreatown. You've watched the PlayStation Thai restaurant. There's this Thai restaurant across the street. Yeah. And it's the only place that's open. I love Thai food. Chris has, at this point in his life, if I remember correctly, never had Thai food. Okay. Uh, Chris, not a uh, not a culinary adventurer. Sure. In Massachusetts, I can't imagine they're they're knocking down your door with Thai places. I'm guessing in Boston you can have some Thai food. I'm I'm thinking okay. I'm thinking Boston got some Thai in food. In 2012. Yeah, I'm thinking so. Okay. I, I want to give the good people of Massachusetts their due. Absolutely. Okay. Fine place. Okay. Uh, a lot a lot to be said for Massachusetts. I'm going to say yes. Spirit of Massachusetts but is the spirit of America. The spirit of the old and the new. The spirit of Massachusetts is the spirit of America. The spirit of the red, white, and blue. God, what a great jingle. It was a good jingle. Yeah. Why do you know that? Why do Family Guy. <laughs> family Guy did, and I thought it was the funniest thing ever. And so well, the first time we ever went to PAX East, it was my first time in Massachusetts. And so when me and Damon got there, I was like, I started singing, and he had no idea what it was or what the reference was, so I sang it the entire time. and really drove Damon crazy. I'm so old that when I was a kid in Washington, D.C., that commercial was on TV. Wow. Uh, and I memorized the jingle from childhood. The spirit of Massachusetts, Massachusetts is the spirit of America. America. The okay, wow. Goodness gracious. Tangents. Off we go. I meet these wonderful gentlemen. Uh, we have this Thai meal together. It's heaps of Thai food. Hell yeah. Abbott can't stop talking about how good it is. Palmer's just sitting back there being cooler than both of us. In the least annoying, most wonderful. He's so genuine. Yeah. Just, just a... The, just he's like sincerity and wisdom. He's he's like he's like you think Sting would be if you hung out with Sting. Tantric. Yeah, tantric. Whereupon uh, Chris, yeah, whereupon Chris is just this like the other end of the loud, spectrum. boisterous ball of life. Yeah, like yeah. that. He's he's just elemental. Yeah, 
And then I guess, I don't know where I fit into this, just goofy, like, <laughs> I'm in my 30s. What am I doing here? Like, guy, you know. And like, that's the thing is, how much is it would have depended on how much you were opening up to him, what you were doing. Yeah. You, you're, you can be quiet and reserved. You can be the host of a great podcast and be all over the place. We opened up. Okay. And uh, it was delightful. And by the end of that evening, we were friends. Yeah. And I guess that comes from sharing. I mean, how many, I really don't know if in another time in the world that three people have been brought together to E3 winning a contest from the same company yeah. to go and visit and be junior guest community Cub correspondents. Reporters. Yeah. I I doubt that you're, there ever were three for one of these before. Sure. I don't know if that ever happened before or since anywhere. So yeah. we felt pretty unique and we were full of life. And the next day we went, and anyway, it was great. We hung out together constantly. We were with each other. We supported each other. We recorded our own little podcast in our hotel I room. I remember hearing about yeah, that. Which yeah, which had, yeah. uh, I think Eric came on and maybe somebody else. We did that. We wrote, we wrote articles. We treated it like it was a real thing. They gave us badges that just said IGN on them. Yeah, of course. Nobody yeah. could tell. So we're just like, yeah, I'm here as a community guest. And just got us into interviews and we wrote articles yeah i think all three of us were really respectful of the privilege well, what's was, what's, what's your down. favorite memory of the e3 experience not and i'm talking about like the show floor parts not the, the thai year? food yeah, yeah yeah like the oh, best game you saw the first thing you oh, saw no, that, that realization i'm behind closed doors no that's that's easy um you familiar? do you know what the blue sky rangers were no all right well Blue Sky Rangers were a group of programmers that wrote games for the Mattel in television, okay. which was a, a, a serious competitor to the Atari 2600. A long time ago, that was a big deal. Uh, that was the the very first console war, yeah. uh, Atari and, and in television. And that sounds so ludicrous now, but um, <laughs> the Blue Sky Rangers were working from behind. Atari owned the market. And so they were forced to use innovation and new ideas and to try to do things that nobody else was doing. And they created some of the most extraordinary early video games because they were driven by the need to do things that weren't being tried elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And they created amazing video games like Night Stalker and Shark Shark and Astro Smash and Utopia and these, these, these titles that, that if you aren't familiar with them, were creating genres, sure. uh, just extraordinary pieces of work, and or at least innovating on genres in ways that nobody nobody else had, had ever come close to. Well, the leader of the Blue Sky Rangers was there. Uh, I ran into him at this little, there's a video game history book. I don't know if you know this, I, I like the video game history. No, you, know, Jared Petty? Yeah, you were asking me about things I love doing, things I'd love to do with pockets, history, technology history. That's, gosh, that's, that's a dream. I just love it so much. Um, but uh, you meet this guy. Yeah, he's there, and I see him, and I'm like, And so oh. you, you recognize him just on I sight. Just, this is like seeing Miyamoto. Yeah, I just lock on. Gotcha. I've had a chance to meet a lot of the OG guys uh, yeah. since then. But this hadn't happened, and we sat down on a couch together and played combat, the old Atari 2600 game. Yeah. Side by side, played head to head, talked. There will never be a moment in my career working in this beautiful industry as sweet as that. That's awesome. Um, it was e extraordinary. Um, he actually just passed away. Um, uh, yeah. And um, But anyway, um, that was... That was revelatory. Yeah. Uh, sitting on that bustling show floor with 40,000 people on an old CRT wooden frame TV they had to make look like an old living room on a couch. Yeah. Playing combat uh, with, the, with the Blue Sky Ranger. It was extraordinary. All right. Well, 
there's that. So we have our week. We do our best to impress. We go to the IGN party, yeah, uh, which was uh, boisterous to say the least. Yeah. And I met a lot of the people that. Was that one of the conga room ones? Was that uh, still there? That was uh, that was at the conga room. Yeah, yeah. Okay. and uh, met a lot of uh, extraordinary personalities uh, from the old IGN that night. And got a lot more freelance work. Yeah, uh, from people I met. Now, when you were there, was that the idea? Do you knew what oh, this was? Yeah, right? I was just like, this is this is uh, this, is, this shot. is well, I had already written for him, and sure. It now was, I put was, a face with a name. Yeah, there just I mean, been there's just been some some structural changes in the company, and a lot of my contacts weren't there anymore. Mm. So make new contacts. Sure, sure. And I chase and I follow pretty soon. I'm writing. Sam Claiborne picks me up. I'm back on the guide speed. Speaking I'm of writing again. Sam. Huh? Speaking, Speaking of, of somebody, Sam. Sam. Yeah, talk about people I'm thankful for. Uh, Claiborne, I, yeah, yeah. Mike Nelson, Sam Claiborne, Eric Sapp, gatekeepers to my career. Sure. Uh, along with you know Greg Miller and Colin Moriarty. Yeah. Uh, and Brian Altano, Max Scoville. Um, what's his name? Everybody, I Jim. What's that? Yeah, Pierre Schneider. I, you know, sorry, yeah, but the people. Pablo, that, yeah, of course. How could you go without Pablo? <laughs> Actually, I got some Pablo stories. I could tell some. Of course, you uh, do. You have stories <laughs> about everything. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, were you there the day the office caught fire and Pablo saved us all? I don't think so. I think oh, okay, that's a good that day. Yeah, it sounds like it. Pablo's always like that. <laughs> anyway, um, where was I? You're there at the IGN party. You're I'm putting faces I'm, names. Uh, you're talking I'm, to people. I'm binding with these young men. We're, 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 we're becoming very good friends. We're having this common experience. I make fun of the fact that they're both writing on Macs all the time. They make fun of the fact that I'm not. Um, we go on. We we get close. We look at each other's work. We proofread each other's stuff. We you know, and then we say goodbye and we go our separate ways. Texas, Massachusetts. Numbers North have been Carolina. exchanged. Emails have been exchanged. Is there is there? We'll keep in touch. Kind of the not, vibes of that. Not really. Maybe yeah. a little. Yeah, we've got each other's email. We'll sure. just kind of keep in touch and we write back every now and then. Like, a, and we just write back every now and then. It wasn't. We weren't texting. It was we a weren't pen pally thing. Yeah, like, more hey, pen here's pally, everything yeah. that's happening in my life. But of the three of them, I think at that point I picked up the most. The three of us, I picked up the most work internally. About a year after I came out here to work for IGN full time. Sure. And I got picked up which was life-changing and transformative because I was miserable and I suddenly found a door open at a fairly advanced stage for somebody in the tech industry. Sure. How old were you then? Oh, at that point, let's see, I was, I think I was 33 when I moved out here, 34, gotcha. maybe 34. Gotcha. I think and you're, you're coming here. from North Carolina still? Yeah. Okay. Came from North Carolina, moved out here to San Francisco. Uh, I've never been here when I moved here. I forget. Did Angie come with you right away? Yeah. Uh, okay. I came out for one week on my own. Um, got my bearings, took a Wii U home with me so I could write a guide for Pikmin 3. Hell yeah. Uh, and a good game. And uh, then three weeks later, we were out here together, uh, living and in, moving into an apartment we'd never seen. Sure. Um, it, which was an hour and a half outside the city because it was the closest we could get one. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, what were you doing in North Carolina? I was a network administrator. Okay. Uh, I worked, I did network administration for a 911 software vendor. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. And was, you were miserable doing it? Fine work, but yeah, not fulfilling. It wasn't fulfilling. Gotcha. Um, not not how I was doing it anyway. I yeah. wasn't I wasn't wasn't finding joy in it. Uh, I missed teaching. I missed uh, ministry. I missed creative work, and uh, so I came out here. Things work out, but stay in touch with that Chris Abbott. Yeah, and during my time at IGN, he's still very involved, still keeping in touch, still very active at the community, making good stuff. Yeah keeping eyes on him community contractor spot opens up and I kind of threw my hat in. Hey, I know this guy and he had a and vouched along with a couple other people and lo and behold, there he is in the company. And now we are two. Yeah. 
a year later, he does the same thing for Palmer. And the three of us who started together outside that, that uh, convention center in Los Angeles, the three of us that sat there and dreamed at that Thai restaurant that night, all end up there together. Chris and I's first E3 together, we eat Thai food. Yeah. Chris and Palmer and I, when we all go together, we eat Thai food. Yeah. To this day, when I go to E3, I have to eat Thai food. That's the rule. When you meet up with them or period? Yeah, if they're not there, you got you to gotta lift a glass in memory. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. But suddenly, somehow, all three of us end up there working together. Yeah. And there was a period of time where the three of us all doing different things, all, all very different roles. But there we were. And we're just like, holy cow. How did all those dreams come true? I mean, you know, yeah. you know how rare that it is to find a door in this industry for one, but let alone three people that happen to be big fans that did some halfway decent creative work to get noticed and somehow we end up at the same convention and then we're all there. Yeah. That was weird, man. Yeah. Totally. It was odd. And we became tight. Now, I mentioned Erica Martin, a name who hasn't come up. You sure did. Time. Erica's Chris's girlfriend. Okay. Chris spent his first month here in California uh, living on my couch. Uh, he stayed with Angie and I. This is uh, before the unfortunate events that, that uh, came later uh, in our life. But he's staying on our couch in our little apartment in Richmond, and Chris kind of lived with us. We helped him find his place. And he's right back to us. He's telling us about his girlfriend, Erica, his girlfriend, Erica, his girlfriend, Erica Martin, Chris's girlfriend. Uh, Erica is a cosmetics sales manager. Like she, she works at a cosmetics chain. Okay. And, and, work, and she does amazing things. But Erica is the, the I don't want to say stereotypical, maybe the archetypal tiny ball of sunshine. Okay. She's just blazing. With kindness. Uh, she's not immune to pain, suffering, or struggle. As a matter of fact, she's dealt with a lot sure. in her life. But Erica is, uh, she's this ball of sunshine. She's Chris's girlfriend. She moves out here. She and Ian and uh, Chris literally like move in next door to Angie and I. Nice. And he, we're such close friends. Ryan moves to kind of, he, he's got his own place not too far away. We see a lot of each other. Yeah. It becomes this delightful friendship. And it during the time that we're all there together, it was a lot of fun. Now, in the end... In the end, we all go, well, you know, I'm getting ahead of myself. Forget in the end. Okay. So we're tight. It's good. Making friends, living dreams. I feel hopeful and possible in ways that do not come naturally to me. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't give the idea that life was utopic. There was a lot wrong uh, in, well, in my life. you struggle with depression. I struggle with depression. Yeah, there that's was not some something real, that's just nipped in the bud and does other things. Doesn't go away. And there were real issues in life that needed solved. But. A lot of happiness and a lot of extraordinary things happening. And that leads into, in addition to these people just being friends that I have something nice to say about, that leads into the real meat of this. I was going to say, we're, we, I, I, you've explained very well why you like them. Yeah, I and think why I just gave like, a 40-minute backstory. Why, well, no, that's what we need in this show, right? Of why they're family, <laughs> but why are you thankful for them? So let's talk about them for a second. Uh, what? So um, I have on most places that I've talked, been very reluctant to talk too much about the details of something that happened in my life a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. We've discussed it many times, and I don't want to beat a dead horse on this. This isn't about, oh, poor little him. But I cannot tell the story of thankfulness without talking about some of this. And frankly, I think maybe it's time for me to 
to get some of this out because I think I've told pieces of the story sure. to lots of people, but all of it to almost no one. When you're talking about the accident. Yeah. Yeah. So in 2014, in November, uh, Angie's the driving day? the car. It's the 8th of November, 2014, mm-hmm. about 8.30 p.m. Um, it's a Saturday night. We're driving back across the Bay Bridge. I'd been working late. And uh, Angie came and picked me up. And um, she picks me up, and we're driving back across the Bay Bridge, which is, if you don't know San Francisco, the Bay Bridge is immense. It's miles long, huge uh, structure. Uh, we're driving toward Oakland, and unknown to us, a uh, an impaired driver uh, has <laughs> stolen a vehicle and is driving the wrong way at high speed up the shoulder of the Bay Bridge toward us and hits us head on at high speed. And that began a long night in the emergency room. Well, she was spirited off to tests and I'm spirited off to tests. And then I'm seeing her wheeled by up to a this night where I'm just trying to get out and get to her. I'm finally released in the very early morning. I'm wearing clothes that they have at the ER for people who have their clothes cut off sure. that are two sizes too small for me running around blind without my glasses, <laughs> yeah. trying to figure out where my wife is in San Francisco General Hospital, which if you've never been to it, is a uh, pretty chaotic place. Right? Labyrinth. Are. Yeah. It's a labyrinth. It's loud. It's full of the trauma units, full of folks have been brought in with injuries. It's, it's, it's every movie hospital, but it's dark and it's dank and it's frightening and it's loud and I'm lost and somebody's out there in the end, I find her, and things aren't good, and she's wheeled into surgery, and she's going to be there for a long time. And I don't have a phone. I don't have anything. I can't see. I'm sleeping on the floor of a room, uh, and security guards are checking to see if I'm a homeless person that's <laughs> holed up there for the night. Yeah. Because that's what I look like yeah. in my clothes and in my your medium not to, not, size not, I love not, SF shirt. Not to speak uh not not to speak badly of, of homeless people. That wasn't my meaning. No, nobody takes it that way, don't worry. And I tr- couldn't find the change to make a phone call and I couldn't, you know, trying to get to my parents and yeah. finally get them and trying to get her parents and I can't see, I can't see, I can't find anything. And there's a spare pair of glasses at home. Yeah. It took me an hour, but I finally found somebody that would let me borrow a cell phone. Jesus Christ. And I call Chris because I had his number memorized. Good call. And Chris and Erica came down from Richmond, which is a long way. And it was the first, there were so many kind people in the ER. There were great doctors and great nurses. But there's this human warmth at seeing a friend. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever been, I know you've been through, I don't know how many, sooner or later in life, people we love die. It's just part of being human. That's mm-hmm. the fight club line. And a long enough timeline, the life expectancy for everybody drops to zero. <laughs> but there is nothing on earth more primordially good than seeing an unconditional friend 
at a moment when you need somebody. Sure. And there they were. They came that Sunday morning. They held me. And they took me home as I kind of sat there in shock, beat up and lost. Took me back to my apartment, found my glasses, changed clothes, threw some things in a bag, drove me back to the hospital. They sat with me. They called people. They fed me. Yeah. Brian came. And there was the three of us. And then gradually other people came. Bobby came and Kalila and, and Baron Blatt and Steve and Tal and you and Colin and Well, that was the hardest thing for being on the outside of when to come and what to do and how to handle it. Because for me it was like I've never told you I don't think, but I was flying back from wherever I was, whatever trip it was, I don't remember. And I remember landing and what it was I had a text message from Brian Albert that was like, I love you, man. And I was like, that's, I mean, I love Brian, don't get me wrong, but that's a weird hail out of the blue. And on a Sunday night, I think it would have been for me coming back from whatever convention. Brian or whatever. Albert. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah, yeah. And I hit him back and I was like, yeah, let me see, man. And that, and that, that was, I think he knew that I was traveling and that was his, he hmm. knew that he could fl- flag me that way. And then he came back, he's like, all right, you're on the ground now? I'm like, yeah. He's like, all right, some things have happened. And hmm. the first thing for me was like, is anyone with him? Is anything happening? I'll go to the, I'll go right now. I'll get yeah. in the cabin, go to the, he's like, no, Chris and his girl, hey, girlfriend. Chris and Eric and Ryan were there. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was like, oh, okay. Holding me together. And, um, so there's all that. And for the first couple of weeks, it was really touch and go, whether yeah. she was going to make it or oh, not. Oh yeah, I remember. And, when you talk about it in retrospect, when you have a life, when she walks, when you have a new home and a new job and a new, you know, it, but it doesn't seem as far away as it should maybe. Um, but when you're there and it's just uncertainty, I, how much you know about PTSD? The basics. I've never dealt with it myself, obviously. Are you familiar with it? Have you not? I wondered. No, I haven't. No. So here's the thing. Again, sooner or later, a lot of us probably will. Yeah. Um, not all of us, but it's one of those things that a lot of people have experienced, but I think that a lot of people haven't. And I, until I experienced it, I didn't really understand some of what it was. Part of what happens is you become hypervigilant, or a lot of people do. Um, PTSD, in the middle of trauma and afterward, you try, your fight or flight kicks in like your animal instinct, but it kind of takes over and you're just trying to fix everything. Gotcha. Chris, Eric and Ryan are there when I'm starting to kick into that mode out of shock and into how do I fix everything? Now there's a lot going on there. The person I love is dying Nobody can give me any real answers yet. And every time I get an answer, then something else comes up to make it dangerous again. Yeah. Yeah. Which happened several times. I'm there's nothing you can do in those moments, but I'm trying to find things to do. So I get to um I'm there in the middle of all this. So I'm trying to fix everything. Yeah. Chris, Erica, Ryan, other people, but those three in that moment in particular are just there. And they didn't, they wanted to help and didn't really know what to do. And there was this funny 
thing on the internet right around then that was fairly new called uh, crowdfunding. Mm -hmm. You might be aware of crowdfunding. Yeah. This is before uh, we were doing it. Yeah, it's a few months before that, yeah, right? Yeah, a couple yeah. of months before. Um, well, no, because this is no. You're you're doing it. You're you're oh, patronizing. This, this, no, this, no, this is November 2015. No, 2014. Yeah, we you're, are. You're, 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 you're right, the right, Grable right, right. show is on. I'm listening to it at that yeah, point. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, you guys hadn't gone out completely. Yeah, yeah, we hadn't announced that they were gone, gone. Yep. So I wake up a morning or two after everything. Mm -hmm. These guys have been with me constantly, one of them, just make sure that I'm all right. Make sure that there's a tiny glimmer of warmth and a very cold and suddenly very empty universe. Mm -hmm. And I'm not being dramatic. That's what it was like. Sure. I love that girl. And uh, sometime in the early morning, I see that Ryan and Chris have created a crowdfunding thing. Now, for my accident, it was, it was on GoFundMe. Now, I wasn't in on that. That wasn't something I planned. Sure. It wasn't something I knew about before it happened. It's something I see popping in my social messaging. People like, hey, and the word's just getting out about what had happened. And I get up the next morning, and there are thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars there, mostly from people I've never met. Mm. Fans from IGN, mostly, I think. And over the coming days, it grew. Now, let's talk about that for a second. The feelings of profiting in any way from an act of horror are weird and complicated. You have feelings about what you deserve or don't sure. or about what people have chosen to do. But I will tell you something. When you wake up one morning and you have a lot more money than you did before, and you're in a situation where you feel like you're going to need a lot of money soon. It just can't help but make you feel a little better. Right. The last thing I think to, I mean, to, to shut you up for a second, I don't think you were profiting in any, I don't, I don't, that would have had, we would have had to put together an infinite well of money yeah, for you it, to it, profit from this. Yeah. Disaster. I don't want to give the wrong impression. That's true. To, to that nest egg just was the difference between us making it not afterward. Yeah. Really was. And I, I mean, we'd have, our families would have taken us in. We'd have found new ways. People would have, but the fact of the matter is I got to keep living my life in a way. Sure. Because of that money. Right. Chris, Erica, and Ryan just did that for me. They started that. Now, some of the people listening, they also were there. But as nice as the money was, life-changing and helpful as it was, the message is you guys all picked that up as you guys all drove attention to it, as you guys and beyond, as Ryan over and Unlocked, as Pear, as Steve, as all those guys and folks did. What that brought with it, in addition to the extraordinarily helpful backing was it started a flood of messages from people that just didn't stop. 
what's the line from the movie? I'll, I've always been dependent on the kindness of strangers. Yeah. Streetcar named Desire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I'm saying a movie. For, uh, <laughs> what's, what's that the movie? <laughs> Jeez. It's both. The kindness of strangers. Chris, Erica, and Ryan opened a door, yeah. and strangers came pouring in. Right. The kindness of my friends was holding me together. But I don't think many people ever get to experience what I did. I get the tar kicked out of me on every five minutes by some new piece of bad news for weeks and weeks, really months, to be honest. I believe you described yourself in this time period as a grease fire. I'm, I was a grease fire. I'm cracking. I'm teetering on the edge of complete physical and mental collapse. And I don't think that's dramatic. I, I not sh I'm sometimes surprised I live through it. I know that sounds weird, but I no, am. I don't know. You're being tested in literally every way right now, or in you know, in this timeline. And there, you look down at the stupid little device where, where in our vocation, you're often used to people telling you mean things. Yeah. You know the internet. The internet has found a way to make the world less kind. Sure. Sometimes. Sure. I think there's a lot of reasons for that. It began with disassociation, with anonymity. Some of those causes are very clear to see. But as time has passed, it's also become very clear that, like any technology that is based on numbers, sooner or later you can people have found ways to manipulate thought and use it for control. And there is no clearer mode of wielding control than profit and anger. Sure. People have found ways to fuse those, and it's created subcultures that can be visceral and vicious. And people in public-facing internet jobs see a lot of that. It's not always directed at them, but they witness it, and often it is. You've had a oh, yeah. lot of that sent your way. It's part of the deal. I think we can become cynical about that if we're not careful. I've never seen you cynical about it. I mean, there's a, you know... You get tempered to it, right? That's the whole point, I think. You get tempered like steel. And that's what <laughs> I always talk about of like, you know, your first three months, if not years at IGN are that. Hey, you're at the number one video game website and a lot of people fucking hate you for the hate that and hate that site. So they're going to say horrible things. And I remember, you know, talking to Roper and Dunham being like, people are saying this about my review. And like, oh, they're, no, don't worry about that. Yeah. They're going to say that all the time. And it's true. And they it do. is, and yet I've, and yet the humanity behind it never ceases to trouble me. I, I find myself, and I, I can be stupidly empathetic sometimes. Going, it's just like, why? Sure, I think it's them venting, right? It's yeah, the man. fact of what you you say is like, yeah, you know, internet personalities are going to see that, but guy who uses Twitter to bitch about games mm -hmm. doesn't know what it's like to have somebody bitched at, at him about what he's creating. You know what I mean? He, mm -hmm. It's not like somebody's walking into his job and yelling at, about the work he's doing. He doesn't mm -hmm. know that. And it's the same tired story I always tell about, you know. I used to do the, uh, similar things. So like I remember writing the tweet and then deleting it about how bad the office was. <laughs> deleting it. And, uh, you know, the uh, my ex-girlfriend was like, why are you deleting that? That's true. This is a bad episode. I'm like, but someone worked hard on this. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not giving them constructive criticism right now. I'm just saying this sucks. Yeah, I, I, did, I did the same thing yesterday night. Uh, yeah. I was about to criticize them. and I still am going to criticize things sometimes, but that time I was like, no, somebody cared well, about this. It's the whole point. What's it's just the thing? point of like, I'm allowed to say, man, this episode of the office isn't that good because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. I'm not allowed to tweet, which I was going to tweet was at and at period 
at NBC needs to take oh. at the office out back and shoot it. Whoa. Like, you know what okay. I mean? That, like, that is like, a little extreme. Like, yeah. put it down kind of thing. Like, no, that's like, it's a funny 140 quip or whatever, but it's like, yeah. I can explain that in a better way. I have, a, you know, a soapbox if I want yeah. to go talk about it. I'm thinking do. of some of the mean things I've said on the internet. Hell yeah, I mean, it's not like I'm immune to this. Yeah, but, 100%. No, no, no. But we I, do all think, do it. I do think that, that cyberspace has, geez, that's an old word, but I do think that it's commodified hatred mm. uh, in a very frightening way. Yeah. Um, it's made, and I know that sounds lame and, and everything's general, but it has done so much to, so much to give us opinions we don't realize we're being given and then make us feel like we own them. Sure. It's what it's built to do in a lot of ways now. Yeah. It's changed over time and it's become largely a medium for instilling ideas that we think are our own, but are actually somebody else's mm. and then making us feel really smart about having them and yeah. digging in on them. There's a lot of X, Y coordinates to that. A lot of, anything with X and Y can be used for control. Just remember that anything that works with those two numbers, anything that knows a location can be used to control you and probably is being that said. Wow. That was a long rant. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, we went in left field on that one. I found the opposite in these messages. I find, of course. I find, this outpouring of love, this, this, this from people I didn't know who are just fellow human beings. I didn't deserve that. I did not deserve it. I was some guy. I think about the people that I've seen suffer through far, if not worse than at least equitable things. And sometimes worse things that never got that. I've seen people's lives ruined. Mm-hmm. By calamity. Mine wasn't. Not completely. I lost sure. a lot. Sure. I lost more than most people ever know, even, but I lost so much less than I would have. Because of people like you, because of people like those people that wrote to me day after day, week after week, month after month. How's your wife? Some stranger. How's your wife? Yeah. They hadn't forgotten. Somebody out there cared, and that meant that I had done something to make him care at some point, maybe. Or maybe if I hadn't, somebody else hadn't. Or maybe no way that they were just decent and good, and it was a reminder of that at a time when I had trouble finding good things to think about. And I had these dear friends around me, and then I had those people who drove me to and fro the airports to pick up family members and to meet people who were coming to help and to doctors and who sat with my wife and took care of her when I couldn't be there. And, and that's what Erica and Chris and Ryan did for those months after. Mm -hmm. And eventually, Angie did get better. And they were there for it. And then life did what it does. Ryan fell in love. And he moved back to Texas and got married to a wonderful girl. Were you able to go to the wedding? No, I wasn't. Why? I don't know. And Chris and Erica went home. Chris is still in the industry. He works as a community manager now. I haven't seen him. Are you back to that post E3 first thing where it's like we check in once in a while or yes. see each other here and there, but it's not like it was. Yeah. Yeah. It's just weird because I feel close to these people and yet I, 
I don't know what's wrong with me, Greg. There's nothing wrong with you. Shut up. Don't say that. I mean, we have these profound moments. And we meet these people and we learn what's really valuable in life. And we tell the stories because life is cruel. And there are shackles and you can't go where you want to go. Sure. And see who you want to see and do what you want to do very much. Even on the best days. I mean, stories exist because we can't be the people we want to be. So we talk about the people who are. Well, sure, but they talk about you in the same way. That's just the way the cards are dealt, man. That's just how it works. That's not a failing of you. You can't be everywhere. Even people have to go live their lives. And it's also like you. there's the people in your lives you don't need to talk to every day or every week that you can pick up with six months, a year later. I think I believe all of that. Okay. But I sure. don't want it to be that way. Well, and again, bad, I guess that's the ride, yeah. man. Too bad. <laughs> yeah, that is the ride. If you want it the other way, you should have stayed in North Carolina. You should have stayed in Kentucky. You stayed in that one small town and lived <laughs> there forever. You should have stayed in Japan. You know what I mean? Yeah. Set your roots. But you're 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 part of the year 2017. Where everybody's a tumbleweed. Everything changes. People are going to move. People are going to do things. It's going to go. Yeah, it's hard. But the power of that internet. That, that you see a lot of bad stuff in is the there's thing a lot that of good. Well, that's the thing. You. I saw the good. Yeah. I, I mean, that internet that allows hatred and horror to fester in a new way. It's not like hatred and horror are new. Sure. I mean, Lord, I think about the the degree of of normalized violence that existed in the world. You know, in a medieval era, just just the sure. amount of sure. mayhem, murder, and war that that occurred. But then you look at the modern world outside of a few corners, one of which we're fortunate at the moment to be in. And, and, you know, there's still plenty of mayhem and violence and there's plenty here too. It, it tends to be more localized and, and, and the scale is, is scattered, but we're not immune to it. And, and we're, we're tempting a lot of it. That said, the internet has brought me this livelihood. Sure. This would be impossible. You and I make our livings from the internet, right? right. Weird, man. Totally. I think about it all the time. If it all went away tomorrow, the internet was just done, EMP over the country. It's like, man, I don't have very many redeemable skills. <laughs> what the hell am I going to do in my new hovel town with everybody else? Come find me. I'm an Eagle Scout. Okay. Uh, yeah, I know I'll, that. I'll, yeah. I like to talk about that. Go yeah. listen to episode 50, the lost episode. You'll I'll hear teach, about I'll that. I'll teach you to bow hunt. Okay. Good, good, good. Uh, uh, yeah. You've, you've probably been bow hunting. You're from Missouri. Uh, well, I'm from the Illinois, the oh, suburb of Chicago oh, originally. Oh, never by mind. By way That's right, Missouri. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay. I've, I've shot bow and arrow in, in you know, gym class. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. How I was, I was never that great. No. Yeah. There was I'm this girl a, I was flirting with on top of the wood chips, and this is like freshman year, so I'm not really flirting, but I'm doing my version of flirting where we have like a good repertoire going, and we're, we're go, we, you know, you shoot against the woods at the school, so we go back there to get the arrows or whatever, and I'll never forget this. I was trying to be all like fun and cool, and like she's on top of this wood chip pile, and I got up there too, and I grabbed her to like, ah, oh, like I was going to throw her right, and I did it, and then her feet went out from under, and she fell, <gasps> and I was like, Fuck. And she wasn't was mad she or anything, injured? but I was like, no, no, no. Oh, this is a little wood chip pile. Oh. But it's just like she got wood chips all you know, probably yeah. up her ass and in her legs and stuff. It's like, well, wow. there goes my chance of looking like a cool dude. I got this this friend. He's an old boy from West Virginia. He's told me a story about how in the summer, when it was hot, they would want to go sledding. Yeah. I mean, there is no snow in sure. West Virginia in oh, the yeah. summer. So they would steal the uh, Coca-Cola, those big round metal things oh, you see on well. the gas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they would climb to the tops of the Slate Hills, uh-huh. which was slag from the mines. Sure. And there are these piles. Slate is this razor-sharp black rock. Yeah. 
and they would climb to the top of these 100-foot hills of slate and sled on those metal things down the razor-sharp rock. Yep. Because they were stupid. Oh, yeah. What else are you going to do? You're a mountaineer. Get out there and do I, it. Just think about the ways we spent our time. What is wrong with us? All right. So Chris, Ryan, and Erica, all have their own stories and their own things they've had to deal with, too. Chris and Erica, brave people that have faced some real hardship. Ryan, a cancer survivor. Um who, when he came to IGN, was kind of starting over mm. uh, from that period in his life where he'd had to move through. Uh, and you know a little bit about that. Just a bit, yeah. I don't deserve what they did to me, but I sure am glad for it. Did for me. Did to me. I wasn't even... <laughs> At that point, I think I was once step away from the straight jacket and they just injected love into my veins. Sure. I'll tell you what. I'm thankful for those three people. I realize I've mentioned Erica almost in sillery. The truth of the matter is, is that in terms of time, Erica might've given the most that Erica was chauffeur, Wife sitter, home fixer. <laughs> she just kept me on my feet in a way that I, I I don't know what happened. People say we find a way. Maybe we do. Maybe somebody else would have stepped in. I wouldn't have done it on my own. Yeah. And here I am now. And, you know, pockets full of soup listeners and viewers. These lives we live when we, we, we come on these shows, they exist through a veil and a filter. We don't show everything, but we show a lot of ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know more about this than almost anyone I know. You're better at it than anyone I know. Thank you. And you're, you're more transparent than I am. Um, you're more comfortable with it, I think, and you're more skilled at it. But it's not like it's all okay. I'm a mess. I'm a big mess with a lot that I still haven't figured out because the thing about your life falling apart is when you put it back together, it's not the same anymore. And I'm as positive about this as I can be, but good Lord, you get tired of uncertainty or even, you know, we all live in uncertainty. We just have the illusion of certainty to help us. Sure. I've lost that man. Mm. I've lost that feeling that it's ever going to be okay. This whole show is an effort not a denial of reality, but in a lot of ways to, to grab back onto it, to find it. Every week I hear one of these stories and I'm reminded of the other part of life. And I guess that's it, Greg. That's what, that's what those friends did for me. They reminded me of the other part of life. Life is awful. Life is a place where people build nuclear bombs and blow them up over cities. Life is a place where parents abuse their children. Life is, life is a place where people who don't deserve to get cancer get cancer and die. Life is also a place where people rescue you. 
Life is also a place where strangers reach out and help you. Life is also a place where you survive cancer and you reach out and help somebody else who's going through it because you've been there. It's the also that I'm trying to find all the time. You've been through a lot, so I won't ever put down what you're saying, but I would always say that life's awesome. And if anything, I think based on this conversation, I would say that life's the internet comments. And I think it's just the negative stuff sounds louder. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like for, I, I think that's the thing. You take for granted the good. Yeah. You never you never realize it's the good old days. You never realize how great something is until something bad happens. And all you want is to go back to fucking sitting on the couch watching TV or playing a game or doing whatever. Yeah. A simpler thing. Yeah, there's a of all people, a Billy Joel line that I love. The good old days weren't always good, and tomorrow ain't as bad as it seems. Mm, um, mm. It's a good line. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think there's some profundity in it. But maybe even more, well, I, I mentioned Garrison Keillor earlier, which is the most old man thing that anyone could ever possibly say. <laughs> you know Keillor? No. Uh, he's, uh, I'm not old. I'm young, hip kids. What's truly up? one of the great living American storytellers. Me? Thank you. Uh, you and Garrison Oh, Keillor. Garrison Keillor, my father. Yeah, you guys would probably get along pretty well. Uh, I've... But Garrison Keillor told the story once, its final lines are, knowing you are loved and loving is almost enough sometimes. Yeah. I, if I'm paraphrasing him correct, if I'm getting that right, knowing you are loved and loving is almost enough sometimes. I can be so avaricial so greedy in my desire for appreciation for having ease but at the same time i think i've learned to be grateful too i don't really know what i'm trying to say so i should probably stop okay with that the one thing I won't let you off the hook for, and I know it won't help, and I know you won't listen, and I know you'll keep being Jared Petty about it, <laughs> is that you said you didn't deserve it. You didn't deserve the support. You didn't deserve these three people. Wow. You deserve it more than anybody I know, Jared. You deserve everything you got. You don't deserve the hand you were dealt, because that, but that's life. But you deserve the help you got. Oh, I got good friends. And I understand that being decent friends to them helped, but they're better friends to me than I'll ever get a chance to be to them, I think. And that's mm. sometimes what happens. Guess what? Not everything's equal. It's not, there's a, see uh, Steve Jobs. The, the movie? The Aaron, no, yeah. but I'm, I had read most of the, the autobiography. Yeah, Jobs. the Aaron Sorkin movie. Um, great line in it. I, I have my own thoughts on, on Steve Jobs. I mean, my, my Apple hero has been since childhood. Yeah. Um, he gets the best line in the movie. Right? He's talking to, to Jobs, and Jobs is arguing about being ethical, you know, being, being, or, or being real, being true, or being nice, being good. And Wozniak, in a, can, what's contextually one of the most brilliant pieces of writing, just looks at him and says, it's not binary. And walks away. Yeah. It's like, you can be a decent person and change the world. Yeah. Um, I think that we have a, societal preoccupation with binary reality. We just think things are and aren't. I do think that that is quite literally a symptom of growing up in a technical age uh, and living in one. Sure. Um, and that's not the way things work. It's not a, 
It's not a Zoroastrian universe of light and dark. Yes, no. Right yeah. and wrong. I mean, there there's such a thing I believe I do believe in in morality and ethics and even absolute truth. Uh but it's still not binary. That's that's a different idea. I, I'm much closer to it the way J.R.O. Token liked to put it. He described the the cosmic reality of ethics as uh, as a song that God wrote, and the song was sung at creation, and the world was made, and then one of God's creations chose to sing his own song. He wrote his own music, but the song he wrote was only for himself. Not for anyone else. Mm -hmm. He didn't write it to share with the others. He wrote it for his own. And it was discordant. And it created discord in the harmony. And God and the others turned to him and said, No, no, this isn't, this isn't working. If you want to create something, harmonize. Create something that, that, that is good for us. But he chose not to. And so evil came into the world. But evil wasn't the opposite of good. It was just good twisted i think the world's really more like that mm. that's just a thought wow philosophy with jared there we are a new show uh, there you go yeah, another one yeah there's another one jared do you want to take a left turn i think it's time for a left turn i think i i it's, since we've been doing this for quite a while we owe the listeners a good left turn but yes i'd love to what what are you preparing us for instant noodles the lightning round no i'm going through your left turns of thank yous your patreon message your thanks. <gasps> you but have a script of course now of course Wait, are we here no, we're here. We're, oh, wow. We're on left okay. turn. Wow, right? goodness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, well, you need exactly. to get home to that to that, to that that nice lady at some Sh point. And you need to get home to your nice lady as well. But most important for this left turn, which <laughs> won't make sense for most people until they listen to the audio for episode 50, the lost episode. Yeah. What's Did you make a goddamn short link for the shirt? Oh, to the shirt? Is the did shirt I make a still, short link to the shirt? Yes. Did you have pocketsfullsoup.com slash story? A bitly short link? Yeah. I haven't made it. Goddamn. I'm trying to fail. When you edit this show, I need, I would, I would, you know, I told you last time I'd buy it. I didn't even there. realize I saw this. I never realized it was a shirt. I'm going to flash it on the screen. Flash it on the screen. Sell the shirt. It's a good shirt. Got another shirt. Got a new shirt. Do you really? Yeah, I do. Is it up now too? No, it's not up now. Well, it should be when this goes up. Okay. Should be up. Okay. Should be up. You want to describe it or you just want to let people go to, uh, I here, think go, go to go this to website. This website. Yeah. There it is. Go to that it. website. There it, there it is. See it. Good Lord. The uh, the listeners are going to be like, that's useless. Yeah, I know. You can just go to, I, I'll I'm tell you what. really bad at this. Go to Jared, go to comma, uh, <laughs> go to petty comma Jared on Twitter and his pinned tweet will be the store. His pinned tweet My will pin be the tweet store. Will yes. be the store. That's it. Wow. I'm just failing awfully in this. I love this shirt. I, I really do. I, 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 and I'm, I'm mad because what happened in this yeah. why I need a short link is that we did the whole argument about it last time. I was like, I didn't realize that was a shirt. You told me it was a scroll shirt. I opened it up and you told me to stop and I stopped and I never went back to buy the buy fucking shirt. Of shirt. No. I'd be wearing the shirt right All now. Right. You could be wearing this PlayStation wear, thing. That's a great shirt. It though. is a good shirt. Uh, but I do, we do need to, you're talking about the, the left turn thank yous that I need to offer. I, always, every episode, but especially the 50th. Everybody on Patreon. Thank you. Thank you. Whether you gave at the beginning and, and had to stop for a while. Thank you if you're giving right now. Thank you if you're brand new. Thank you most of all to Robert Nieder and Nick Rie, our Patreon producers, whose generous support makes this show possible. And thank you so much. And uh, again, we offer some pretty groovy uh, Patreon exclusives. And there's quite a quite a backlog of them now. Too. Oh, yeah, so yeah. 
that's the nice thing about that is it's like it's like a it's like a happy like 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 I don't know, a loot box. Of, sure. Of, you of jump delightful. in. Here's all this content. Yeah, hours of content. Hours and get. hours of stuff. I mean, yep. there's some fun stuff in there. Okay. Yep. Do you want to read your letter here? Because we read this letter then in the lost episode, so it could be read twice. I don't know how you want to work it. Oh, my gosh. I can read it for you, though, if you want. Why don't you read this? Well, it's read in the lost episode, so this is going to be the one, the connector between the two. This will be, Yeah, the one all right. thing. All right. Um, this is from Alex Cortez. Alex Cortez writes in and says, I was born and raised... In Alaska and still live here. The episode of A Pretty Good Day with Alana Pierce was amazing. Sounds like she was here around Ferrandi. That's also the time that's also the only time we have good fireworks, if you can brave the cold. In the Arctic Circle, the sun does not rise for almost two months in the winter, but also Alaska is the land of the midnight sun. Anchorage may not be in the circle, but the sky is still lit up by the sun in the summer, so it's not dark for almost three months in the summer. This is all referencing Alana's episode where she talked about seeing fireworks in the dark. Or yeah, no, it's about the pretty good day where she just decided to go to Alaska one day. Oh, okay. Because Lana does stuff like that. Of course she does. She's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, fireworks still happen on the 4th of July and during the Alaska State Fair, but it's still daylight at night. There's a basketball game that gets played every year through midnight in Fairbanks. Uh, it's been happening for over 100 years. And yes, I do own a gun, but do not answer the door with it. Yeah, that's from the... So that's also something she brought up. So. Anyways... You can read this or part of it since it's lengthy on your show, if you like, and may forward this to Alana. My friend has a hobby for of for photography, and he's got a Facebook page if you want to see some of the stuff Alana talked about. It's facebook.com slash AK Scenic Photography. His name is Alex Cortez. Most likely no related, uh, no relation to Alex, Andy Cortez. Okay. He's in the other room. Thanks and keep with the great work. Is so Andy in the other room still? I don't think so. I think oh. I heard the door go. Oh, okay. So yeah, no, no. You did not give me who wrote this. I don't know who wrote this. Okay. But we're well, giving we credit then to Alex Cortez. Yeah, we're just going to give AK that credit At AK Scenic Photography on I didn't Facebook. give you that? No. I'm terrible. I didn't give you the link. Well, this, the that? link doesn't exist, apparently. Okay. So you know what I mean? You know You're what? firing t-shirts out into the, the world. I am firing t-shirts out into the world. Yeah, like t-shirt cannon. Bad at business. I have a friend. Uh, so my, my friend Jordy Ramon, who is another one. You ever meet these people that just crazy stuff happens to and you're has a story for any situation. You, that is you. Okay. Yes, you're so Jordy's one of these guys and, and Jordy told me this story one day. He's at a Philadelphia Phillies game. Jordy was homeless on and off for a while. Now he's an extremely successful tattoo artist. Nice. has a wonderful business. Uh, but he, he has an incredible story about living in an aquarium that I love. But he has another story about uh, about being really hungry one day at a Phillies game that he'd snuck into. And he's up very, very high in the stands. And he... Just in a moment, you know, we have those moments of of secular faith where, you know, we like we haven't thought about God for like eight months and suddenly we really want something mm, and just mm, kind of like, mm. you know, hey, I'm just going to casually throw a prayer out there in case sure, it exists. Yeah. So he's sitting up there and he said, I was sitting in the stands, not really paying attention to the game. And I'm thinking, man, I'm hungry, but I don't have any money at all right now. What am I going to do? He's like, God, send me some food. And as he did this, he looks up, and in the heavens, something is flying toward him. Yeah. Hurling through the air, a shiny object is flying, at rap and he just reaches up and grabs, and it lands in his lap. And it's a warm, foil-wrapped hot dog. Yeah. And he's just staring <laughs> at food that has fallen from the sky, and he looks down on the field, and there's a cannon, and they're firing a hot dog cannon into the stands yes. with these wrapped hot dogs. 
But he's like, my initial response was, where did the hot dog come from? Because he hadn't noticed any of this was happening yeah. on the field. Prayed for food, and the God then sent him a hot dog, yeah, yeah. and it came to him. Yeah. I got to get a hot dog cannon. Uh, yeah. I, who doesn't want a hot dog cannon? Jared, are you ready for instant noodles? I am ready for instant noodles, Greg. I am so ready. I'm excited. It is fun doing this. It is now, fun. I, you, we, you're on a good show. I, you, you know, you, last time I'll, in episode 50, the last episode, you let me add things to it. Oh, yeah. And then you told me you'd forgotten what I'd asked you. So I've totally forgotten. I've added some. and take. I've taken away some, added some, so it's a hodgepodge. Here. Oh, wow. So I'm going to be perplexed. It's yeah, like, exactly. I may answer these differently. If you're on Patreon, you're going to hear the other Exactly. Show. That's what I'm saying. I may answer these differently on there. Oh, the, well. There's a few of them in here, I think, but All most right. of the stuff's new. Contradiction then, of with course, Jared. It's the normal instant noodles thing. Excellent. What's the best part of making this show? Oh, golly. Um, get in the mail. Uh, every, emails or physical? Uh, it depends, but uh, both have happened. But yeah. uh, once in a full moon, you open a message and somebody tells you you helped mm-hmm. in a very specific way. I Most of what we do, a lot, I mean, obviously Pockets has a lot of heart in it. I think that's fair. The only thing going for Pockets is hard. <laughs> We're obviously not organized. Can't get a, a URL together. Shirts. I, my my. Patreon shrinks. I don't do the things I need to keep. You know, I said the show's production budget is awful. We I, inept in so many ways, but we got heart. <laughs> yeah, you got lots of heart. Yeah, yeah. And um, every now and then, somebody writes and says that heart helped, and here's mm-hmm. how. And they say it in a very specific way and tell you, "Hey, here's how you maybe changed my life." And it's not just drama specific and particular sure. and you go sure oh wow i was just talking with my friends <laughs> yeah and you you believe in the power of of change believing hoping hoping man hoping so good uh i i there's this old song from i think the 30s or 40s that said i'm stuck like a dope on a thing called hope um that's probably my my inner mantra. <laughs> so it keeps me going. I think some of it's a way of coping with depression. If I keep hoping, if I keep finding things to hope for, I, yeah. I then, then it's not all hopeless and mm-hmm. it's just the, the terrible end game that you don't want to reach sure. in depression. Um, that's how people with depression die. Mm-hmm. I want that. I want hope. And it's just real enough to keep me going. That's Good. nice. Okay. Don't lose that. Uh, what's the worst part of making the show? Oh, good golly. Um, I think the, I think ironically, um, I don't want to complain about a good thing, but the constant financial juggling and worry, mm-hmm. um, trying to make sure I'm providing quality material because not just because I want to and care about it, but because people are financially supporting me. Um, depending on me because I've promised things that I want to deliver on. I want those things to be good, but this is not how I get to spend the majority of my time. And so there's not a lot of time to do pockets. I mean, a lot of times it's pockets or sleep and pockets has to win. Yeah. Um, and there are times I wish it didn't have to be that way. Uh, and there are times that I wish I didn't have to fulfill obligations but i want to reap the benefits of those obligations uh without uh without having to fulfill them that's pretty 
horrible. So yeah. um, I get tired, Greg. That's the hardest part. You're, you're working on something that's about telling sincere, true stories, but you just exhausted. Sure. And that happens sometimes. Oh, so, yeah, I know. Well, yeah, you know more about this than anyone. <laughs> what is best sandwich? Best sandwich is a cut French white bread roll, untoasted, with um, slightly uh, slightly crusty outside, nice soft inside, with tender, rare roast beef, uh, boiled eggs, horseradish, uh, maybe some mustard if you want it there, slathered together with some raw onion. And that is best sandwich. It is my oh, favorite sandwich in the whole wide world. You didn't, you didn't contradict yourself. That's what you said last that time. And I'm with you right up to the onions. Right up to the onions. You don't want the, do onions the onions there? Yeah, but I, I, eat, I eat the hell out of that sandwich you're talking about. Well, yeah, get it without the onions. Yeah. Yeah, you, maybe you could try it. Do you like scallions? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you just don't want that flavor. Yeah, I just don't like that kind of thing. Okay, well, you don't need it then. You don't we, need what we need to do is have a, a date for the sandwich because I want you to make it your way and just leave the onions off for me. Yeah. I, yeah. Do you want to like have? Do you want to have it together like you and I? Like, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Because okay. I don't. I feel like if I make it myself or something, I I want the authentic sandwich that you eat. You know what I mean? Like, because yeah. are you making the roast beef or are you buying it and just having it? You can cut do it thicker? either way. I mean, you can, what, you, what do you do? Okay. Well, if you're gonna if you're gonna do it right, I've done this in a long time. Yeah. I mean, if you're gonna do it right, you do it at home. You, yeah. You cut. You cut it. You cut it yourself. You get that right cut. If you pick the right cut, you cut yourself. You tenderize it. Yeah, you of course. Beat of course. the heck out of it. Yeah, you, you marinate it properly. What and you marinate it? You, you know, I'm I'm pretty dull. So, butter, garlic, red wine, okay. Worcester okay. sauce. Sure. You know the the usual. Okay. Nothing. Okay. Nothing. A, a dab of soy. Maybe a little mustard powder. Okay. Um, uh, and then. Cook it low, like maybe 275 with the oven door a little open mm, okay. um, for, for a while, but not, to, and then cover it so it doesn't lose moisture after a while. Sure, of course, and of course. You don't want to dry roast beef. Yeah, yeah. No, thank then, you, sir. Then you're done. And, but honestly, most of the time I just look for a place that's, you know, you got to find a good meat shop, right? Yep, yep. That's what you do. You got to find the good meat guy. Yeah. And uh, you find the good meat guy, he finds you the good meat. And then you're okay. Hmm? I don't know why I suddenly turned into. I know you got very like you're Italian. You're, you're doing not, Brian Altano no, impressions not, over a, here. Yeah, it's, I I don't think there's a lot of Italian in me. I I think we're mostly mostly Swedes, uh, Swedes and Norwegians. Now this is a loaded question. Uh oh. Because I'm not a hundred percent sure on this anymore. Yeah. But what does your family think of all this? Because it's like you you always talk about your old man. Your old man's still kicking, right? Yeah. I yeah. never. I don't think I ever hear you talk about your mom. No, I don't. Okay. Uh, not nearly as often. Uh, the old man is the is the cartoon character. Yeah. Um, my father is no more instrumental in the person I am than my mother. Honestly, in a lot, I look like my dad. And when you first hear us talk, I sound like my dad. Yeah. But I probably think a lot more like my mom. Mm. Um. My father is a character and a half and has been through more experiences than most people have in five lifetimes. And that's just what the combination of weird happenstance and his kind of adventurous nature. My mother is a, uh, is a Midwestern gal from a uh, who married her senior year college boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, and then was immediately dragged into the, poorest corner of the American South after having never lived outside the Midwest <laughs> to be a school teacher in school districts where there 
were dirt roads leading to to the uh, uh, to the to the houses and the facilities, and where things like funding were unheard of, and you know, and he was kind <laughs> yeah. of traveled around. The My parents' lives have been they are warm people whose lives have largely been marred by tragedy. Mm. Both of them, frankly. Mm. Um, my mom and dad have put up with a lot of crap. Um, bad things have happened to them, most of which are not their fault. And they've suffered greatly uh, through that. My parents are very encouraging in this endeavor. They watch, they listen. That's um, awesome. Yeah, uh, they had me. And my grandma just, uh, she, she's rapidly i mean she's headed into headed into 90 fast yeah um and they uh, had me record a little one of these to send over to her that's cute uh yeah they're proud i i it's weird i'm a 38 year old man that's had like four careers <laughs> or something five ten i don't know yeah, yeah no idea what i'm doing in life and yet my parents remain committed to this weird idea that maybe i'm going to be okay um <laughs> they they love me so much. They're good parents, very supportive. I think they, I think they both know deep down inside. I miss ministry, and this is kind of this weird analog for that. Yeah. Um, it's not even. I don't even pretend it's secular, you know, any, anymore. People just seem willing to accept that that this is kind of a this is like the the world's weirdest televangelism. Um, <laughs> and uh, that, that's kind of what we got going on here. But do you think you'll ever go back to the ministry? I'd like to. Um, there's a lot of complication around that. That of all things have to do with pragmatics. Um, health insurance is going to be a real problem. Mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, what do you do? Yeah, uh, yeah. So I don't know uh, because ministers in smaller denominations like the ones I've worked in, there's not really a centralized health insurance to work with. Sure. So without some kind of comprehensive system probably not going to be able to get it and that creates yeah. a real issue for me sure. um i don't know if we could solve that problem yeah maybe i miss it what's the most terrifying creature in the natural world oh uh so i think i go back and forth on this i mean I, we're pockets spiders spiders are horrifying frightening creatures yeah. they they really do scare me to death uh, sharks, because I will not get in the ocean because sharks are waiting. Um, and uh, bees. I'm really, I like bees. Wasps, I think, would be better. Um, mm. I sat on a nest of very large hornets when I was five years old. I'll do it. That'll scare and you. they stung me a lot to the point that my butt swelled up enough that I like couldn't sit down for a day. Mm. I had to sleep on my stomach. Like and 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 I'm really just still scared of them. I sure. I will just freak out like. Ah! Run away, flailing around. That's my response. Oh, Lord, if one lands on me, you know, people are like freeze or I just no. I, my my response is to to brush away. Yeah. And then, and run. then just run, leap into the nearest body of water. Sure. Um, I got stung by a jerk hornet just last year, just walking down a sidewalk and a hornet just lands on me and stings me just to be a jerk. Yes. What's the first word you think of when you hear the sound of your own voice? Lisp. Really? Yeah, I, I I'm very sensitive about it. It's worse when I'm tired, um, but I've heard it my whole life. Yeah. And people tell me I have a nice voice. I'm never sure what to do with that. I. It's so comforting. It's so soothing. I was talking about it like you're you're the. I'm glad you podcast still. You know what I mean. Do all your stuff because I think it's 
perfect. It's so like I feel like it's more just like kind of irritating. No, not annoying. at all. No, just, no, 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 no. But I do hear the lisp. Um, I, uh, I I remember when I first read about LISP lisp, the artificial intelligence programming language. Um, <laughs> it made me feel like good. Yeah. And I was like, well, I have a lisp, but that's how computers are going to learn to think one day. So that's okay. They'll understand me. And <laughs> exactly. And uh, so I'm big into the AI. So yeah, I, I guess that was, but yeah, I, I'm very self-conscious about my lisp. Interesting. Um, you and boy, be. be around me when I'm worn out and it's really prominent. Okay. 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 Uh, what are you scared of? And this can't be the spiders and the sharks and the bees. What are you scared oh, of? I'm definitely scared of spiders, sharks, and bees. Um... More than one thing, or uh, your show? All right, I'm scared of. Um, <sighs> I'm scared that depression's going to eat me one day, mm -hmm. and that it's going to win, uh, and that I'm going to die from it. I'm scared that Angie's going to get sicker, and that her quality of life will deteriorate, and I'm scared that she'll suffer. And I won't be a good enough person to handle it. Mm. I'm scared of becoming older and unemployable. Mm. I'm scared of financial insecurity and not having the faith to live in the middle of... I'm scared of not having any money, not because I want to have lots of fun things, but just because I want to feel that... Guarantee survival. Sense of safety under yeah. my feet, which I think is what most people really want money for. I don't think that makes me special. Sure. I think that's really what most of us want. Yeah. Um, and in this time of a lot of uncertainty, that feels very... I want to stop being afraid of everything. I'm, I, I, I'm scared of my mental illness and how it seems to be progressing as time passes. Is and it getting worse? Yeah, it is. Are you talking to people about it? Yeah, I am. Um, but uh, without being self-sympathetic uh, or, or self-absorbed yeah it is getting worse and it's uh it's a powerful force in my life um i'm scared that i'm not really a good person and every time i do something wrong i'm scared that that's going to reflect badly on everything i stand for because mm -hmm. i'm self-absorbed um what I mean is that what do people call a messiah complex? Maybe like now I have this small, but front facing thing. That's about positivity and hope. Yeah. It's going to happen. If I let people down, are they going to stop believing in all those things too? Mm. Probably not no. because I'm not that big a deal and it's not that. Well, not even that. I, I think it's because that you've built, you've built, I mean, like you're not in an ivory tower. You're not saying you're infallible. You're very much a <sighs> very human far being. from infallible. Exactly. And that's the thing. I think when people see us stumble, it doesn't detract from our overall message. You I, just pick yourself back up and dust it off and go. I hope not. I, I, uh, I'm scared that I am, um, I'm scared that I'm not worth anything. Mm. Um, well, you I, are. Uh, yeah, I'm not. Again, this isn't. But you asked about fear. I sure, mean, really, sure, sure, I sure. am just horrified at the idea. There's this character I created for for Laser Dracula that I've just started playing with, and I think I'm actually going to use him in something else. Uh, I'm thinking I may I may write a story about this entirely on its own, because um, it's not a half bad idea for a character. Everything he believes is true. That's what is going on with him. Okay. Now that sounds great, but it's not. 
I mean, it can be. First off, because while some things you can make yourself believe, which can certainly be used to this advantage, some things you just can't believe. Some people just, there's some things you're just not going to believe no matter how hard you try. Okay. So you can't believe them. Other things you believe that you wish you didn't, mm. especially things about yourself. Sure, sure. Some things just are beyond belief. And so you're not going to get, and some things you believe, and then later on in life, maybe your beliefs change, which for him changes reality. Um, and he's got, lives a very complicated existence. Yeah. Sounds like uh, it. he does. He, he can't could really, you know, he only has very limited control. He can try to believe things and he, then he comes to believe things. And every time that happens, that's the way it is. He believes in God. So God exists. Gotcha. Uh, he believes, you know, but he also has all these things he believes about himself that are bad. <laughs> so they're all <laughs> true. Uh, that's, so that's he believes one. he's that's a good. failure. He believes he's a, he also believes that there's somebody out there that knows about him and his mm. ability. So, so he's true. aware of the ability too. Oh yeah. He okay, knows. Okay. Yeah. He's, he, he knows that. Um, and it's different between believing and knowing. That's mm. the thing. Like he can know all kinds of, he was on jeopardy once, but he came in third <laughs> because he didn't believe he knew most of the answers. That's funny. Um, so it's not like he knows things and they're true. It's just, like yeah, he, yeah, has yeah. The, he has yeah, the conviction. Yeah. He has to believe in it. But yeah, he believes there's somebody out there that knows about his ability. And he believes that person wants to use his ability to do bad things. And he believes it's very easy to control what people believe. Oh, jeez. So because he believes all those things, they're all true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there is somebody out there that knows about him, and they are trying to use him to do terrible things. That's awesome. But he doesn't know who they that's are. That's such a great idea. So I'm worried, I, I think it'd be a fun comic. That's what I thought, too. Uh, yeah, that's where yeah, I jumped yeah, to immediately as that's, well. That's, yeah. yeah, I think it'd be a fun comic. All right, do I mean, that. So, I love you, Jared. Oh, thank you. Don't be scared of the things you're scared of. Yeah. I talked about the belief guy. That's me, I think, by the way. I don't think so. <laughs> What's the best song written in the last 100 years? I have thought a lot about this. I, I tempted to say uh, Heroin by the Velvet Underground uh -huh. um, uh, because that's the most pretentious thing you could say <laughs> that's not exclusively on vinyl. Um, no, nah, man, I, I thought a lot about it, and I think it's A Day in the Life by the Beatles, mm. um, which is... You know, naming a Beatles song as the best song ever is is pretty safe. Sure. Um, the number of things going on in a day in the life, though, that are, that are sonorous and musically revolutionary, and beautiful to listen to, and wonderful and powerful and world changing. And, and yes, I understand that 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 what they were doing was was innovating off Pet Sounds, but what an innovation! And and I. I and pet sounds in turn is, is, you know, you've got rubber sole and stuff to deal with on that end. So it's not like they just invented the wheel by themselves, but day in the life is whimsical and serious, laughable and beautiful. It's a drug trip and a suicide and an inside joke and an orchestral buildup all have it's poetry and, and prosaic it's everything they did well. And it still sounds in a weird way like pop, even though it's the coda of the most influential album in the history of the medium. It's extraordinary that they did that, especially extraordinary considering that they were inventing the technology used to create it as they went. <laughs> and in the end, it doesn't sound like an obnoxious piece of crap. It sounds like an amazing song. Um, so that's 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 pretty darn up there, I think. Okay. 
If you could have a theme song that played whenever you walked, what would it be? I thought about this, and this may not be the answer I gave before. I don't know if you asked this one before. Um, Keep you on your toes. But what's popping into my head right now is uh, uh, <laughs> another Beatles song, actually. If I could have the song Penny Lane playing wherever mm. I walked, I would bring joy wherever I went. What a happy song, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Penny Lane. Um, I think there's the two happiest songs ever written are Penny Lane and uh, and Carousel 44 by uh, the Zombies, um, which is on Odyssey and Oracle, the the like one of the secret best albums ever. Um, not secret to music critics, I think, but because I I'm not cool enough to discover it on my own. Sure, but somebody had to guide of, you there. Yeah, but but definitely like if you haven't listened to Odyssey and Oracle, just just run and grab it. Carousel 44 and um, Lord, this will be our year. Oh my gosh, this will be our year is is pure love, just extraordinary piece of music okay. uh, about disappointment and beauty. What's your favorite flavor of ice cream? I uh, I I waffle on this one In a, cone? a lot. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you put a. I do. I do love black sesame ice cream. Bla- oh, I don't think that's what you said last time. I don't time. think it is either. Okay, and okay. I think I thought about it, and I really love black sesame ice cream. Okay. It seems like the weirdest thing, but it's not. It's just. I've the, never had it. Oh, black. Se- it is the. It is the best. Okay. It is. Um. It. I don't. I'm not even into weird ice creams. It was one of those things that was a fairly common flavor in Japan. Yeah. And I and I encountered it there, and I was just like, blacks. It was just like, oh, sugar and spice and everything nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nice. Right, it's really try good. It. Yeah. Right. It's really yummy. Be on the lookout for that one. Uh, if you could travel through time and meet anyone, who would it be and why? Yeah, this is, my answer is really boring. Um, uh, Jesus is still all right with me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think that's who I'd like to meet. Um, what would you want to talk? What would you ask him? That's easy. It's something my dad used to talk about. Okay. So there's a story in the Bible uh, where Jesus, after his death and resurrection, there's these two guys walking along a road to a place called Emmaus. And they're talking about all the stuff that's happened that week in Jerusalem. You know, we forget it's about been it. an eventful week. It's been a week. Yeah. And this is, you know, again, this is, there were a lot of people, but it was still a smaller world. Yeah. So when something was going on, people knew each other. Like imagine like extended family stuff being your whole life. Right. And that's yeah, kind of yeah. like what life in the ancient world was like if you lived in a, in a, in a region. So everybody talks It's not like there's a lot else to do and you're not working. You're yeah, just hanging yeah. out and telling stories and talking about what's going on. And you know, everybody, cause there's not that many of you. So they're walking along and they're talking. And this third guy starts walking with them. And he's like, what are you guys talking about? And they're like, have you, haven't you, where have you been? You been under a rock? Yeah, literally, <laughs> exactly. Ah, so good. And uh, they tell him, and they're like, we're trying to figure out what this is all about. And he says, oh, he said, well, I know what this is all about. And then it summarizes. It says, and beginning with the prophets and the law and explaining through all the scriptures, it explained who he was and what he, like, it effectively just in one sentence is like, and then they walked a long time and he explained the whole thing. Yeah. But they don't write down any of the stuff he said because whoever told the story either wasn't there or didn't remember the conversation or people didn't write things down back then because nobody could read and write. Yeah. And yes, people had extraordinary memories that their lives depended on. Memories, we know that even as late as the Middle Ages, 
there were bards that that could res- remember a thousand words hearing them once. I mean, mm-hmm. we know that's how people mm-hmm. you lived and died by memory, and and there were there were tricks to doing it. And people, but they summarize the place where the dude himself walks along and says, "Here's what it's all about." He answers Andrew Lloyd Webber's question. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, who were you? What was your sacrifice? Yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ, superstar, do you think they're what just you, they say you are? And then the story ends with him like going away. All right, see like, you guys. Yeah, and he's like, see you guys. And they're like, oh my gosh, that was Jesus. And they go and tell everybody. Nice. What did he say? I just, and I know if I did sit him down, he'd just say some enigmatic Jesus thing because that's what he, he was so good at that. He, people would ask him questions and he always had an answer that was, what you didn't know you were looking for. Mm. I mean, nobody was better at that than him. The, the story of the the honor challenge, you know, when they sit him down and and try to trap him and it's like, hey, should we should we pay taxes to Caesar or not? We're in the temple court. They are the story takes place the temple court of the of, of Herod's temple is located, you know, pretty high up the hill on Jerusalem. The only thing higher in that part of the city is the Fortress Antonia which overlooks the temple court because that's where a riot's going to start if it ever happens. Yeah. Literally, there's a wall flush up against it and a tower full of Roman soldiers who are looking down, watching, and listening to this conversation. And they walk up and they're like, should we pay taxes to Caesar? It's a trap. It's an honor. It's two things. trap and it's an honor challenge. Mm -hmm. The trap is if he says, yes, you should, the crowd will turn against him because they hate the Romans. And they're like, nobody will listen to him anymore because he said something radical. Sure. If he says no, well... There's no free speech in the Roman Empire. If you say you shouldn't pay taxes to Caesar, that's against the law. And the Romans come get you. Second, it's an honor challenge. They're challenging his ability to answer a question well. It's, hey, we are coming before you in a shame honor culture and saying, you don't have what it takes. We're the teachers. You're the student. Mm -hmm. Shut up. And his response is, is, extraordinary do you know the story no or i don't remember it at least they they try it's like should we pay taxes to caesar crowds there teachers are there the romans Cards are watching there, yeah. surrounded by people and he just says anybody got a penny somebody hands him a penny and he takes it and he points at it and he's like whose picture is on the penny and they say caesar's because that's whose picture was on the coin caesar's he says well this must belong to caesar so give these to Caesars, because they're Caesars, and give God what's God's, <laughs> and walks away. Defeats the trap and the honor challenge simultaneously in two sentences. It's the best way that story can end. There's no better way to write it. It is the best of all possible universes. And he does that over and over and over again. He's really good at it. He gives perplexing answers sometimes that are infuriating. I mean, some of Jesus's answers are, are just drive you nuts. <laughs> but he's always got something interesting to say or do in the situation. You read the, I'll rain on this all day, but you read the story of they bring him a man who's crippled on the Sabbath to see if he'll heal him mystically. Yeah. Because they've heard he can do that but you're not supposed to do work. And the people there that are instigating the challenge again, 
are so convinced that you shouldn't do work that that includes things like healing. They're, they're, they've taken they've taken something good, the idea that we're supposed to honor a day for God, and they've turned it into something bad. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. Yeah. Thank God we don't do that anymore. And, you know, and it shows, the way it's written, it's just like he was furious. He's literally full of rage, walking in a circle at all of them around. And it's extraordinary just to be like this humanity of this, this person that we treat like an icon. It's not, not an icon. It's a dude. It's a, it's a human reacting to stupidity and cruelty in very human ways. But the best human ways yeah. imaginable. I like that. That's uh, There's my sermon for the day. Okay. What's your favorite word? Uh, juxtapose. Why? Uh, one, because it has a delightful meaning to take two things and place them in contrast. Second, it has a J, a U, an S, a T, an X, a P, and Just throw it all they there. shouldn't go together at all. Those yeah. letters don't belong in the same word, but they're happening. It's so great. I learned it from a Magic the Gathering card. Uh, that's awesome. That's, that's it. But that's, that's the I, best part of the story. That's where I learned the word originally. Nice. Uh, I played MTG for uh, ages and uh, still dabble every now and then. Sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's old school. Juxtapose. I don't I doubt in the current environment in the in the meta game that yeah. uh, it would survive for very long. <laughs> it used to be kind of useful. How do you want to be remembered? Um. Wow. There's a passage from Larry McMurtry in Lonesome Dove, which is one of the greatest American novels, um, which I don't think people always give it credit for. It won the Pulitzer uh, and deserved it, but it's a it was as financially successful novel as as well as a sure uh, a uh, great novel. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's fairly uncommon. Yeah, um, uh, or at least it's fairly uncommon that's recognized. There's a part in that where a character dies, and um, he's a character that in a lot of ways is completely overlooked for extremely superfluous reasons through most of the novel, because in this case, the color of his skin. In the end, a character, another character who very rarely shows emotion at any other time in this 800-page epic, climbs up to this man's tombstone, or tombstone, the piece of wood they're using as a tombstone. Sure and spends hours carving something into it. Nobody's ever seen him do anything like this before. Um, and he writes an epitaph. I remember the last lines of that epitaph. Never shirked a task, cheerful in all weathers. Um, I'd like to be remembered like that. Okay. Cheerful in all weathers, especially. I don't care. I, I, I shirk plenty of tasks. You don't shirk your tasks. But cheerful you get the in job all done. weathers, I'd really like. I, I think that would be helpful okay. to the world. Who was your first kiss? Oh, Jessica Yuspe. Yeah. Uh, we were five. She had a purple jacket on. Uh, we were over by the uh, the playground on the far end of the school, around we the had, wall well, Yeah, people were watching over there. That's right. It was kindergarten. Yeah. And we kissed. I mean, how was it as the question, but how did it come to be? You're just like talking to her. Do you want to kiss? Are you kissing? Yeah, it's like, yeah, we're going to kiss. Yeah, we were just like, we're all about this. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And how was, was it? Kiss. I, was, I was, my toes, toes curled. I mean, I was, I was all about that kissing after that. Yeah, yeah. I never went through that that period that I've heard people go through where it's just like, ew. No, no way. No, you were in. You were in. You I wanted am in. It. Okay. This is great. Okay. I was like, all right, anytime. 
I'm up for this. <laughs> Word spread around the kindergarten that Jared yes. Petty would kiss I on demand. I'm all up about the kisses. That's yes, right. Okay. Yeah. And then finally, cake or pie? Oh, uh, pie. Which one? Specifically, uh, I, I the uh, peanut butter pie at Dear Dutchman yep. in uh, East Ohio, um, which I think I may have mentioned before. You on did. The show. This is this yeah. was your answer. Yeah. yeah, that's. I just. It is. It is pie unlike any other pie. Um, it's heavenly. I've been to that place many times, and I went several years between visits. Yeah. And you know how your mind amplifies experiences? Sure. That was so great. But yeah. you have it again, you're like, oh, I mean, it wasn't that. I had it, and I was just like, oh, my gosh. This is exactly. even better than I remember. This is just the best pie on the planet Earth. That's awesome. It doesn't get better than this. Okay. It's proof that God loves us. That's the bad is it. You take them to the Dirt Dutchman show yeah. them that peanut butter pie. And yeah, there you it's go. like this is this is the proof that there's good in the universe. And Dirt Dutchman, you talked on the last one. It's like a Baker Square, right? It's like a It's actually a pretty big place. Is it? Uh yeah, it's it's uh it's an Amish country and it's this like big, big high roofed restaurant with like okay. lots and lots of tables inside. Okay. It almost feels cafeteria ish. It's not a cafeteria, okay. Okay. but it kind of has that that feel to it. Sure. It's just kind of home cooking food uh, for the most part. And the food's good, but the pie is it's ungodly. Yeah, ungodly. Yeah, yeah, the food's fine. I mean, it's good. It's yeah, totally yeah. worth eating there, but there's no reason to order anything but the pie. Just, just order more pie. Just order a giant pie. You're not going to get tired of it. Just order it all and eat it because it's so good. Jared Petty. Greg Miller. Congratulations on 50 episodes of Holy Full Soup. Thank you for helping me make this happen. Uh, thank you for helping me make this happen. Thank you for making this happen. Uh, I, it's extraordinary. I'm privileged uh, beyond which people. People get to do this. Yeah. How did this happen? Yeah. Special people out there wanted to listen to you talk. There you go. Good Lord. What's wrong with all of you? Well, thank you. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm glad glad to do this, and thank you for taking so much of your time to do this twice. No problem. Uh, it's an honor. It was an honor the first time. It's an honor the second time. Well, I'm glad you think so highly of me to let me do this. I think very you. highly. I think highly of you and your compatriots. Who thank you. I'm hardly the only person I've ever seen you show kindness to. Um, your sincerity and warmth is is part of what makes your show work, but it's also much more just a very natural part of who you and the people you work with are um if you weren't doing this you would still be good that is just you you it's not just natural you definitely put effort into it as well and that's apparent that it is a combination of nature and choice in you which is i think the noblest kind of goodness of them all oh thank you Jerry. you're welcome I mean that until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you on Pockets Full of Soup. There's a t-shirt link right here. <laughs> Go get it. And if you didn't, Jared, you you won't get that epitaph. I won't. You didn't do it. You shirked a task. I shirked it. Make a short link and put it there. And there, yes. and there, and there, and there. And there. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I love you. Thank you, buddy. Congratulations. Thank you.